right. So you're a music artist with plans to take over the world, huh? Yeah, duh. That's why I'm here. Well, you've come to the right place. Let's go. Welcome to the I Am Northbound podcast. Podcast. Your guide to dominating the new music industry. What is up, y'all? How you doing? And welcome to yet another episode of I Am Northbound. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm still here. I'm still alive. You can't take me down. I don't even know what I'm saying right now. It's been crazy. Since I put the audiobook up for $3, I have had no time to do anything else. It has been so crazy how many people are picking up a copy. It's amazing. You just go to the Facebook group and see how many people are joining the Facebook group each day. Mental. And they're not. that's not everyone, you know? Like, I'm getting messages left, right, and center from people saying how much they're enjoying the book, how much it's helping them. I don't know. It's just... You know, think back to when I was, it took like what, like two years of my life to write that book. And there was a solid year and a half of me just in this office right here at this exact desk, to be honest, just writing this book over and over again. I never thought I'd see the end of it. And finally, here I am at the end of it. And you guys are loving it. Most of you are. I have to say there was like one person out of like the so many people that got a copy who was like, I don't know. I talk about in the book in the early chat. I don't know why I'm telling you this, but in the early chapters, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, I try to weed out the music artists who expect things to come quickly and that, you know, the entitled music artists that think they're like one big break. I say that with inverted commas, big break away from reaching their music goals. Well, I've seemed to run into a couple of them and they expected the book to give them the big break they're looking for. And it's really funny because I can tell why them talking about it that they haven't read past the first section, but they're just annoyed that it doesn't have Spotify hacks in it or something. It was so strange. I'm like, no, of course not, because that would date the book. But anyway, if you've actually read the book, chances are you're liking it. I hope so, at least. I'm just hearing really, really nice things and I'm hoping that's carrying along uh, between different people. Hopefully you're liking it. If you haven't heard it yet, come get a copy. It's $3. I'm still running it for a bit. I might stop it eventually, but I mean, while people are getting it, why not just keep getting it out there, you know? Because if it can help you reach your music goals, then who am I to pull it from the um, from the world, you know? Anyway, hope you're doing fantastic. Hope everything is great in your world. Did you see, I actually put up another episode. I'm talking specifically to the podcast people here, just to you, not, not the video guys. Yeah. I'm just going to shoot the video guys off for a moment. Just the podcast guys. Did you notice that I actually put up a new video? Video guys, I'm kidding because I've actually got the videos coming out this week on my Instagram. Wherever you're watching this, you'll probably see this new episode. But I decided to bring back Live with Jason John Evans, which is my show where I talk about the music industry. And I was thinking to myself, do I put it on the I'm Northbound podcast because it's technically a different show? And then I was like, do I start a new podcast? But I don't want to have to do that from scratch and then tell people, subscribe to multiple podcasts. And I think that, I mean, it's probably better to just provide more content on the one, right? And then I was thinking about it today and I'm just like, duh, why don't I just call it I Am Northbound Live? So it's like, I'm going to rebrand it. So it's not going to be live with Jason John Evans anymore. That's gone. It's still the same show. It's just going to be called I Am Northbound Live. Now, I think it's kind of cool because by doing it like that, it means that I can, you know, if, you've, if you're a long time listener of the show, you would have known that I, I did the whole three topic episode a little while ago and i think some people prefer that format to these types of formats where it's you know me just talking on one topic the entire episode and discussing it in depth um but yeah i mean it's it's kind of cool to be able to go back to that format for those who like it so from now on i'm going to be doing two episodes per week hopefully if i can't do them you know i might miss a week here or there because you know me that's just how it works uh, if i get too busy or if things come up but i'm really going to try my best to release at least once or at least once a at least one episode a week, at least once per week, if that makes sense. Of course, it makes sense. It's English. Uh, but yeah, the other, hopefully I can get that other episode out too, which will be I Am Northbound Live, which I'll be recording in the Facebook group to be able to chat with you guys and uh, as we 
you know, navigate the questions and see what discussions we can bring up. But yeah, I'll be doing the next episode of that straight after this one as I normally do. But yeah, expect two episodes per week. Now, if you're watching this on Instagram TV or whatever, there will be new episodes of this show, of the new show. I'm actually going to break it up into segments again. So there'll be like an episode coming out every few days rather than just dropping a 30 minute episode on you. I'll break it up. We'll bring it up. But anyway, more content, more content, more content, right? Bringing out more content all over the place. So hopefully you're doing fantastic. Got a little really interesting little thing to talk to you about today. It's kind of like a harebrained scheme idea I had. So you're thinking, oh, this is going to be one of those episodes. And you're right. It is going to be one of those where I kind of just figure it out as I go. But I've been thinking about the application of Facebook ads to music artists and trying to see ways that are, that are creative enough for them to actually work because they don't work. And I'm sick of people telling music artists that they do work. So, you, you know, I bet you're inundated on your Facebook feed, especially if you're listening now after being, after seeing my ad for the audiobook. Facebook thinks you're a music artist. So if I can reach you, I bet everyone else is too. And they're going to be hitting you up with like, buy my Facebook fan accelerator course. And they teach you how to use Facebook ads. And yeah, they'll show you how to use Facebook ads, but that won't bring you the results you're looking for. They'll say, oh, how cool is it? Look, you've got, um, you know, this, I'll show you how to get 10,000 views on your new music video. But what good is that if people don't follow you around for the long term? Do you know what I'm saying? So anyway, I'm trying to think about how to actually make Facebook ads work by creating people that stick so that people stay around and want to follow you. Now, I really think that the key to Facebook ads is hidden somewhere or wrapped up somewhere or hiding behind the motivation uh, that I talk about in the four-dimensional songwriter. I don't think it's about the music. I think it's going to come from the motivation itself. But, you know, I'm still yet to figure out the exact application of it. However, I was thinking about this concept and I I was influenced, uh, the com- well, what's the word? Like, no, not, not influence, but like the idea spark came from uh, seeing someone talk about geotargeting on Facebook. And it made me start thinking about how could music artists use geotargeting to grow their Facebook audience? Now, I don't see this episode going for half an hour, which I know are my famous last words because I usually end up talking for half an hour on that topic. But uh, I don't feel like I need to take that amount of time to get this point across. Uh, geotargeting on Facebook ads, um, you know, it's it's not a secret thing and i know that you probably know that you could do that somehow is like you know put a post out and or an ad out and just show it to specific people and obviously the number one um the, the number one application of this type of idea would be to promote an upcoming tour right and say hey come watch me at this show now i really think that i mean using it in that way is kind of obvious and that's not what i'm here to tell you about today but i do think that will work better if your show has that x factor that every music artist I think needs. Now, if you haven't heard me talk about that, I should probably touch on that for a second because you should be thinking everything about everything with this kind of thing. Now, recently I did an episode on uh, how to steal, how to steal, how to steal listeners from the world's biggest music artists. And I talked about Sarah Tillman, how she like turned her latest single release into an experience and sent it out to people of influence. And I mean, really, really cool idea. I have not stopped thinking about that since I heard about it because I'm like, that's that's where I think the future of breaking through people and turning, you know, becoming uh, remarkable and having people talk about you. I feel like that is where it's at. Okay, it's not about um, just promoting your song. It has to be promoted. Like, it has to be bigger than that, right? So it's 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 been so exciting thinking about that. But you have to take that type of thinking outside of your music and take it to your live performances as well. So. How can you make it so that your show is something that people, the ultimate FOMO, right? The ultimate thing that people do not fear missing out. They don't want that. Fear missing out is a huge factor in your show, right? What is 
the thing that's going to cause the fear of missing out for your show. So you're thinking to yourself, what well, what can I add that makes people fear missing out on it, right? So maybe it's um and maybe it has something to do with the live performance itself. If you can find something that aligns with your core brand direction, your your vibe that you're going for as a music artist, if you can find something that can contribute outside of your music to your music to your performance, that's what's going to make people talk about you and uh, that's what's going to make people come to shows to watch you if you can uh, find a way to promote it ahead of time. Now, I don't know who it was. I don't know if it was Muse or Coldplay, one of those bands. Uh, they did something in their live performances where it was like, it's like they were playing their show and halfway through the set, it's like these massive balloon balls came down from the ceiling and the whole crowd was pushing them around and stuff, but it was part of the show. Now, that's remarkable and people will talk about that after the fact, but it's not like they can really say ahead of time, hey, come to our show because, you know, at, at a time that you don't know when, we're going to drop like 100 massive big balloons from the ceiling that you can push around. You know, <laughs> that's kind of strange. It could be kind of strange, kind of strange to advertise your show like that, right? So, like ahead of time. But if you can find something that is that X factor, that's why, that's why geogra uh, geographical Facebook ads will work much better because Think about it. If you're running a Facebook ad, you're advertising to a completely cold audience. Just your music alone isn't enough to bring them there. And that's the mistake I see a lot of music artists make with geotargeting is the fact that they do. I see them in my feed. Hey, I'm playing your, we've got a pub in town from here called the Cambridge. So it's like, hey, we're playing the Cambridge uh, this Saturday night or one of the other local pubs, small ballroom or whatever and say, I'm just going through Newcastle venues in my mind, but it's like, come and see us play here. Uh, you, you know, we're on at this time, but I, I don't, I can't see that being too effective. Maybe they think by putting it out there that it will just hopefully, maybe if it'll just bring a few more people to the shows, but you could bring way more people. It could be so much better if you find a way to target exactly the people that align with your branding and your direction and where you want to take your music. And then you provide something that is the X factor at your shows that makes it so they're like, I don't want to miss this because they might not ever do this again. Now, what are some examples of this? It can be something really simple. I remember one music artist I work with, she, she was doing an EP launch and wanted people to come and she actually got craft beers made and got labels put on them that actually were the EP art and it was like her project name as the beer and she actually, everyone got a free beer on the way in, obviously there's an 18 plus show or 21 plus show depending on what country you're in. Aren't there some countries where the drinking age, legal drinking age is really young? Anyway, so you know what I'm trying to say. It's like she gave them out at the door. So it was like, hey, if you come to my show, you actually get a beer. So, you know, when they're deciding where to go that night, do they go to a normal pub and just put, like pay for alcohol or do they come to her show, listen to some music, but get a free beer? You know what I mean? So that's a bit of an, an idea of how it can kind of be on the smaller end. But I know one band who was like, I think they were like pop punk and they decided to put like adult jumping castles at their show and put it on outside or maybe it was indoors, but I don't know. So next to the stage were these huge jumping castles and it was like, come be a kid again, so to speak. And that was something that a lot of people wanted to go to because where else do you get an opportunity to do that? Um, hopefully the ideas are ticking for you now because only you will know what's the best thing to do for your music. Uh, but, you know, I had another band who were, strangely enough, a metal band, but they were talking about for their EP launch, they wanted to do an outside show, um, you know, on an outdoor stage and next to the stage coming off it on both sides were food trucks that were giving out free food or at least the food was covered I can't remember how they were going to do it, but maybe it was a part of ticket price, but it allowed people to turn it into like an experience. And that's just different. You don't see shows like that. So not only do you get the talking point after the show, like a lot of music artists hope for that people will then talk about and say, you don't want to miss this music act next time because their shows are really good. You also get people interested ahead of time. And something like Facebook ads, if you can align with that, will work. Now, I don't know what the best thing is for your music career. And by no means are those three examples the limits. 
you know, you're unlimited by your imagination. Um, what if, I don't know, you could, you could turn it into that it's not just about music and you half turn it into like some form of Olympics where you have to like compete and do crazy stuff and it turns into that. I don't know. I'm just thinking off the top of my head. Try to combine really weird things, whatever works with your branding and put your music to accompany that and turn it into an experience. Um, now, obviously, there might be some people hearing this idea and going, oh, so you're looking for something gimmicky. And yeah, I guess it could sound gimmicky on the surface, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. I know one music artist in particular, all of her shows are like this in the sense that, um, well, not so much in the sense of a gimmick, but she turns her show into an experience by um, when, she, when she performs, she sits, she actually sits down in between songs and like converses with the audience. And it becomes this like round table thing where it's like really small, intimate shows. She's an acoustic artist and she talks a lot about the core messages of her music and um, turns it into like, I don't even know. It's not like a lecture, like she's speaking to them about stuff, but it becomes like a community vibe at her shows and she performs in between. Um, so it's like half speaking, half playing, I think. But anyway, amazing idea. And people go to her shows for that reason because it's kind of like going to see Tony Robbins and watching music because they come out feeling super empowered rather than I just went and watched a music artist perform. Does that make sense? But that's part of her message. She's all about empowerment. She's all about growth. She's all about uh, finding the real you and finding that in a, in a um, like identity, right? So she, fi she fi found something that aligns with that and turned her music into that. So when she could quite easily just be another acoustic singer-songwriter that people could forget about just as easy as they learn about, she's turned into something remarkable that people talk about and say, you've got to come see her when she plays because it's something else. You just don't get this out of any other show. So no matter what genre you're in, if you can find something that makes your show unique or something that when you charge ticketed entry covers it, people will, people will be, they'll justify that ticket cost. Now, a lot of music artists uh, will say, you know, good luck getting anyone to buy tickets on the way in. Like it's better to, it's, you know, you're better off just charging free entry, charging free entry. You know what I mean? Like putting out free entry because you're going to get the most amount of people that way. You know, most of my people will come if it's free, I should say. Uh, but truth be told, if you can find something incredibly remarkable, people who don't know you or know nothing about your music will come for that remarkable thing and pay entry for it. And then, you know, they, they see your music and will become a fan because they'll associate how cool you are for providing exactly what they want. One of the things that, I mean, just taking this out of context, I was actually in charge of running a, like a band night, I guess, at a pub a few years back. And there were a couple other band nights at the different pubs around town. And we're like, how do we separate ourselves? How do we make people come to ours rather than to other people's? Like, you know, you, you can put bands on, but if you're putting local bands on, a lot of local people will be like, oh, I'll just catch them in a couple of weeks' time. They're always playing around here. So how do you make them come to your night and spend money at your pub and make money that way? And the way I decided to do it was it was relatively inexpensive, was to hire a projector and shoot it up against a wall and um, put uh, get a Nintendo 64 and put Mario Kart 64 on. And it was like um, free Mario Kart 64 all night when you listen to bands. And it was like, we sold out the place on the first night. No one had ever heard of the event before, but everyone came for Mario Kart. And then they decided to stay for the bands and drink and have fun. And it was a really, really great night. So maybe that's the answer is like, if you've got a sound that aligns with old school retro gaming, if people who like your music like that, provide both of them and they'll associate your music with the fun time. Anyway, we could talk about this forever. And I probably would if I had the chance to, because there are so many ideas. But hopefully that gets the wheels spinning. That's how you can use geotargeting in Facebook ads. If you can find that thing and be like, hey, we're playing at the Cambridge this Saturday night. Let's revisit that band. Uh, it's free Mario Kart all night on the big screen or like tournaments or something like that. And if you win the tournament, you get this or whatever.
I don't know if that aligned with me, I'd be in there, right? Because I'm like, oh, when was the last time I got to play Mario Kart on a big screen? I'll get my friends and we'll go in. Even if the band's crap, we'll just go see it, right? So they at least give you a chance. Uh, but if it's just like, come see us play, if nobody, people have to know you to know to come, right? So anyway, I wanted to make that quick point about geotargeting because I feel like a lot of people are doing that incorrectly for live shows, but that isn't my main point. My main point that I think is super interesting is using geotargeting in a different kind of way. It's actually geotargeting other people's events. So what's really interesting is that um, if you think about big events, now specifically the ones that align best with like most music artists are music festivals. So you find a music festival that your band should have been on, uh, like maybe Coachella, if you like, I, I would suit the Coachella lineup. That'd be really cool if I could get on that. But obviously you have to be of a certain status to reach that. You know, you find an event like Coachella, find the address of where it is on the map and find the date it's running and simply run geo-targeted ads to those crowds on those dates because it's going to be much cheaper for you to like hit that small of a geographical space uh, while something like Coachella is on uh, versus if you try to just advertise to those people on any other day. Because if you know that a whole bunch of people are gathered in the one spot that all could be a good chance of liking your music, even if you're in a heavy metal band, if you're in some deathcore band, find a deathcore festival and target that area on that day with your band and provide the exact offer that's going to interest them, not just listen to our music, but um, something that makes your music irresistible to them, which is usually finding that X factor to turn it into an experience rather than just uh, a song because everyone sees ads for music artists all the time. Then that's how you're going to get those people to follow you through and to me to win, right? So I mean, maybe brands have figured that out about Coachella. I'm thinking about this, and I'm like, maybe people have figured this out. So it might not be as cheap as advertising to that specific local area on any given day, but it will at least be much more affordable than it would be to uh, you know advertise to those people separately across Facebook um, on you know on an, on a regular advertising day, right? Because as I said, if they're all gathered in one space, take advantage of it. Because you think about it, these types of festivals, there are different brands and you know products or whatever, and they end up spending you know all these branding adverts is like advertising spend uh, six. $60,000 to get a banner put up or something like that, like near the stage. Yet between bands, everyone's on their phones, right? And they're on social media because they're uploading their photos that they're taking that day. So they're in a good chance to see your ads. So while they're looking at their phones, put your band in front of their eyes. If you, tr you could even do like a, like an anti-message. So something like, um, the band that was too good for Coachella or something like that as a joke, right? Like you can make it tongue in cheek if that's your vibe. And if it aligns with, Hey, I'm at Coachella, then you, you know, you're advertising directly to those people and that's how you grab their attention. Uh, but it doesn't have to just be music festivals. I think that's a cool way of doing it or maybe targeting shows of big bands that are on that night in your town that you know people are going to be at that could be fans of your music too. But it could also be stuff like um, just events and conventions that align with your motivation. If you've dived that deep into it uh, and you might be able to find, you know, as I said before, the music artist that talked a lot about um you know, finding inner strength and finding that inner character and bringing yourself out and finding that um, sense of identity. She could maybe find conventions where people are discussing that or people are talking about that or whatever, and you could target that specific, um, what's it called, area on that specific day and hit those people who are in that venue. Uh, you can make the geotargeting really small too. So, and just be like, hey, if you feel this way, my music is designed to make you feel better. And they're you know, they're right there ready to potentially like your music as well. But anyway, think about that for your music. You know, that's all I really have to say. Think about how you can use the X factor that you have to, um, you know, 
how you can bring people to more people to shows and turn your shows into way more than just you get up there and play a 45 minute set then step down off stage because everyone does that right it's about being a little bit different it's separating yourself uh but secondly ultimately when it comes down to it you have to think about where i where are real life events that i could use facebook ads geotargeting to show my music to the people who are always defaulting to their phones anyway, especially so if they're taking photos at that event and going to upload it because they're going to be going through the apps to upload it and then look at other people's photos they have uploaded at the same event. It's really strange that how people are at the events and they have to look at it through their phone screen to upload it to then look for other people taking photos of that same event that they're at. The world is a funny place. But anyway, hope you have a fantastic week. Hope you love that. Uh, let me know if you got uh, if if you're gonna do that because I think for some music artists you think oh, I'll do it one day, but if some music artists like I'm gonna do that soon. There's something coming up. You know, there's a band coming up that I wish I got the support for. Um, you know, my band missed out on the support. Well, you know, as you know, you can do geotargeting through Facebook and find the event address and the date that it's on and run your ad just on that night to those people. And make sure then what you have to do then is make sure that your message is poignant. Okay, you have to make sure that it grabs them. So find a way to know them better than they know themselves talk about that in my book, like finding out what their innermost desire is and how your music can be the solution. Put that in your sales copy, sales copy meaning like you're not selling them anything other than getting them to listen to your music, right? So getting them to listen to your music. So in your copy that you write to convince them to do that, make sure that you hit on those chords. They feel like you understand them, feel like that your content resonates with them. They got a, you know, they got a really good chance of wanting to find out more about you in the long term crazy strategy, but I'm pretty sure it's going to work great for you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the I Am Northbound podcast. You made it all the way to the end. I hope you loved it. Why not check out another episode? I'm sure you can find one right below wherever you found this one. But before you do, make sure you subscribe if you haven't already. And it would mean the world to me if you could either leave a rating and a review for this podcast or share it out to your followers. That act of kindness goes so much further than you may think. It helps me help more music change the world.